look at the different sections of clickbait that are out there, right? Number one, you gotta include some celebrity on, the, on, on your clickbait, right? Uh, most popular, you're gonna have Mr. Beast, right? You're gonna have Mr. Beast, it's gonna have Travis Kelsey, it's gonna have Taylor Swift. You include one of those celebrities in it, and then you have to write in like big, all caps, exposed, revealed, right? You gotta have that like uh, thing, thing on it. Or, or your clickbait is going to have some like sort of superlative on it, like the top five or the, or like the world record, the craziest this. Um, or your clickbait is going to have like the shocking, I can't believe it, you know. Um, and again, you've got to write certain things in all caps and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, you guys are, you guys are, are, are smart. Um, and, but, but then you, you click on any of these videos, right? And... And you watch it, and you're like, that was an absolute waste of time. There was nothing actually in that video, right? There was no real content there. I just clicked this, and I wasted the last eight minutes of my life uh, watching, watching this, right? Um, and because there's, there's nothing new in the video, right? They're just copying other people's content. Uh, nothing really uh, original uh, in it. And you're like, man. That was a waste of, waste of my time. I was trying to, think, uh, trying to think this week, what would be like the ultimate clickbait title, right? And, and I was thinking this one this week, I think this would get over 100 million views easily, right? Taylor Swift, shocked as Mr. Beast reveals Travis Kelsey's Super Bowl proposal plans. I mean, you just put that as the title of your video, it doesn't matter what your video actually has. And, you know, and they would have like that superlative on it, like, wait till you see the ring. It's always like, got the, you've got to wait till the end for blah. Anyway. Um, but, you know, after you, after you see enough of these, your brain starts to filter through, right? And you kind of wise up to, I'm not even going to bother clicking that link. I'm like, they're not, there's nothing real. There's no real content here, right? Um, I would say the same thing goes a lot of times for movies, right? You know, there's some hype about uh, the movie or the series, and then you end up watching it, and you're just like kind of disappointed. You're like, I just spent two hours watching the movie. That was a waste, right? Um, but a lot of times, I mean, there's a lot of Marvel movies I like, but I feel like Marvel recently, right? You're like, it's just they're, they're oversaturating. Here's, here's the next Marvel movie. And you're like, well, it's a superhero I like. I'll watch it. And you're like, why did I watch that? It's a two-hour waste of my life. Or some other video, video game that comes out. And like, oh, there's the hype. And then you're like, I was dumb. And you kind of get cynical uh, about it. Well, there is a book of the Bible that I believe uh, was written to you and to me to honestly, to really help us to, de- to, to, collect, to detect uh, clickbait to prevent us from getting in that cycle of life where it's like, oh, I'm going to fall, go down this trail, I'm going to go down it for a while, and then I've watched my eight-minute video and be like, that was worthless. Or I'm going to watch, start this, I'm going to start this movie, and at the end of the movie, I'm like, why did I waste the last two hours of my life in it? And so over the next uh, four weeks, uh, we, uh, well, four Sundays, we're going to be studying the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, for some context here, can anyone tell me who wrote the book of Ecclesiastes? Yes. It is attributed to Solomon, okay? And in the very beginning of the book, verse 1 says, the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. 
Vanities of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Okay? So it's attributed to Solomon, as it says, uh, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Um, and he uses this phrase vanity uh, a lot. This is the ESV. Other translations might say meaningless. Um, and, and really what he's kind of getting at, literally uh, he's saying it's stuff that can't satisfy. It's, there's no point to it. Uh, again, it's clickbait, right? It might look good, but at the end, in the end, I'm just kind of left empty uh, about it. Um, what else can you guys, what else can people tell me about Solomon? Any, anyone know anything uh, about uh, Solomon, Mr. Gravy? He was, he, he's, uh, God gave him, a, a, I think, a supernatural wisdom in a lot of areas. Yeah. He built the temple in, in Jerusalem. He made a lot of amazing building projects uh, uh, in there. Yes. Okay. He had, at least in Scripture, the most recorded number of wives and concubines. Okay. Uh, he sought a lot, of, a lot of pleasure in a lot of different areas. Jeremiah. Okay, last king of the United... Oh, man, that was terrible. Um, and, and because of some, his sins and kind of falling away from the Lord at the end of his life, God says, hey, after you, uh, the kingdom uh, is going uh, to be divided. Um, but yeah, he's probably, one of the, for, he's probably the, one of the wealthiest people that have ever lived, um, one of the wisest. Uh, he, pers- he got a lot of money, a lot of stuff, a lot of pleasure, um, and, and the book of Ecclesiastes, I think a lot of ways is his conclusions after I've tried everything, been there, done that on life and what really satisfies. Um, in, in the last chapter of the book, uh, starts off like this last chapter of the book says this, it says, remember also your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. First thing I, I want you to note in there, he's, he's saying he's addressing this to people in the days of their youth. He is addressing this book. The whole book is written to teenagers. Okay? He, this is his wisdom as he's looking back in life and saying, this is what I wish I knew as a teenager. Okay? And I think a lot of the leaders here in, the, in this room would say a lot of the same things, a lot of the same conclusions that Paul is saying. Hey, after I've, I've gone, I've tried, I've done a bunch of things, I'm going to come back and I say, if I was a teenager, this is what I want to know. And a lot of times I, I do ask our leaders different leader trainings and things like that. Hey, what would you go back and say to your middle school self or your high school self? And they have different wisdom and things and they're like, this is what I'd say. I don't know if I would listen to myself, but this is what I, would, I, I wish I uh, knew. And I understand it's hard, right? Uh, you're, you're getting a guy at the end of his life giving you his wisdom for what he wishes a teen. You're like, I know better, right? And, and that's exactly what I did as a teen. So I, I totally get that. I remember plenty of messages, Bob Shell preaching. And I was like, Bob, oh, you're so old-fashioned. You don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, oh, man, you didn't. Um, second thing I, I hope you see uh, from, from this uh, verse um, is he wants you to know this information before you get cynical. He says, before the evil days come and the years draw near, which you say, I have no pleasure in them. 
before you're just kind of jaded at life, before you kind of get the, whether you want to call it a, a midlife crisis, or before you get to the point in your life where you're like, man, I've just committed that two hours to watching that movie, and you're like, that was pointless. Before you click that clickbait, waste several, <laughs> several hours of your life, I'm like, wow, that was totally pointless. This is what I want you to know. And he goes on in the next several verses and he talks about, you know, before your desires fail and you just kind of get into that blah spirit, before you're afraid, uh, before you're old and dying, basically before you deal with a lot of kind of the junk uh, in this life and get bitter and realize all these things that the world says will satisfy never satisfy you. Before you get there, this is what I, I pray and I wish you would know. And he, and he concludes about all these different things. Vanity is a vanity, says the preachers. All is vanity, right? All of this stuff doesn't satisfy you. And overall, I think his point is, hey, teens, before you go into the world and before you buy into all the clickbait and all that the world says is going to satisfy you, is going to make you happy, is, is all that the world is going to have to offer. And then find out, man, that was pointless and meaningless. This is what I would hope you know before you go there. And that's why we're going to be looking at the series, uh, looking at in the series each week, we're going to look at kind of a, a different thing that Solomon kind of explores to say, hey, this will make me happy. This will do it for me. This will satisfy me. Whether it's wisdom and intelligence, pleasure and fun or work and riches. And, and Solomon is kind of kind of go through those things and kind of say, well, what's really the end of that? And does that really do what the world has to offer? And, and I think with each, Solomon says something very, will say something very similar to this uh, that he writes in chapter one. He says, what has been is what will be. And what has been done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it said, see, this is new. It already has. It has already been in the ages before us. And, uh, and this is honestly going to be our, our series title. Uh, is this nothing new, under, uh, nothing new Under the Sun? And now you might be looking at like, wait a second, wait a second. I see new stuff all the time. There's this new tech. And, and, and Solomon is going to be like, look, the hard motivation behind a lot of that, it's all been done before, right? Yes, this game may have new graphics, updated graphics, right? But it's the same basic concept of all these other games that are in, out there, uh, been out there uh, before, right? Mo again, most, most movies, the script, it's the same script, just with some different actors on it. Same video game uh, concept, just with some different, uh, different, um, different graphics, right? I mean, and, and he's saying everything is just kind of, just kind of repeats itself, right? Um, you know, I, I, I kind of jokingly, and, but seriously, I see this with fashion all the time. People are like, oh, this is the latest. This is the hip. This is the cool thing to, cool thing to wear. And you're like, no, it's really just recycled fashions from a, a generation or a 10 years ago. I mean, like Crocs. Super popular, late 2000, around 2010. Everyone's like, oh, they're great. And then they were the trash shoes, right? They were at the $5 bin at Walmart. And now they're popular again. And you got to have all the little, what do they call those things? Gibbets, okay, excuse me. You got to have those uh, in your shoes. And they're like, oh, hey, yeah, these are the new. I'm like, they're not new, right? 
Uh, okay, another one. I, I, I just, I've seen this a lot recently, and it just, it's one of those things I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, okay, 70s, 60s, right? If you look at 60s, 70s basketball players, right? It was the short shorts, right? Right? I mean, you know, like, I mean, it's like, you know, how much thigh can we show? I mean, there's Wilt Chamberlain, Larry Bird, and all that sort of stuff, right? And then, uh, then Michael Jordan came along and he went to Nike and his other companies like, this is uncomfortable, I don't like this. And, and the shorts started growing lo- longer. Mid-80s, when Jordan started, 84, um, the shorts started lengthening, right? We're not in the 60s and 70s, uh, 60s and 70s era shorts, right? And, but then kind of the period where I was in high school, uh, early, right, uh, 90s, early 2000s, like we took it to an extreme, right? There's Allen Iverson, right? Jordan, I mean, it was, you know, it's like a sack that, you know, your shorts, your shorts were. And, and I'm telling you, walking around my high school, like, they, like there, was, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of that. But now, like, I mean, even look at, this is one, it's a great one. This is LeBron over the, over the years, right? And you can see LeBron's shorts are back to the short. The short shorts are back. I don't know why, right? The other thing, though, I have noticed about basketball players, it's the short shorts with the one leg sleeve, right? I don't know why that's the one leg sleeve. But anyway, um, whatever. It's a, but, but we could be like, oh, this is a new, new fashion trend. And a lot of the guys that I see around now love the short shorts. I don't get it, right? Um, but... But we're like, oh, this is the new trend. No, you're bringing back like 60s and 70s fashions, okay? Um, and and it's, it's all, those, all those different things, right? Cargo pants, right? When I was in high school, they were big, and then there were the loser clothes. Now people wearing cargo pants again. Anyway, um, Solomon's point, nothing new under the sun. As cool and as new and as hip and as amazing it is. It's not new. There's nothing new under the sun. And if we're chasing all those things, they're never, ever going to satisfy us. I want you to watch a, uh, a clip. You may have seen this uh, on YouTube. Uh, watch this video. Uh, this, is done, this is a video done by a non-Christian. This is not uh, some Christian put it out. But I think he, this artist came to a lot of the same conclusions as Solomon. So you're going to watch it. Then there will be a couple of uh, questions for you to discuss uh, at your tables. Okay, I'm going to pray for us and then uh, dive in. God in heaven, I, I thank you for this day that you've blessed us with and the opportunity you give us to gather together, Lord. And God, I do pray that we would just hear, hear from your word today. What is it, um, Lord, what is it that satisfies? What are we supposed to be doing, Lord, uh, in a world where there is nothing new? under the sun, Lord. So teach us, instruct us today. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable and pleasing for you today. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Okay, uh, just, I, w- I will say uh, about the video, again, that was not made by uh, a Christian or anything like that. Um, uh, I don't think his point is to say that all of, you know, any of those things are necessarily evil or bad or whatever to have a car or to like Disney movies or whatever. But he's talking about the emptiness that comes at, uh, at the end. Like, hey, if I, if I think that is going to satisfy me, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't end with the happiness uh, that it promises. 
okay? And we're going to look at a bunch of those, a bunch of the, these principles, a bunch of these things that our world says are going to satisfy us and, and don't in future weeks. But it does then bring the question, right? If that's what I'm not supposed to be chasing, what, what does the Lord want from me? What is Solomon's advice? Where is satisfaction found? How do I avoid uh, that clickbait, okay? And I think Solomon's, Solomon's kind of key points, if I, if I look at kind of an overarching of the book of Ecclesiastes, are, are these. First of all, he was, I think he would, he would say, hey, you should fear God and obey his commands. By fear, it's not like I'm afraid I'm going to die, but a, a healthy respect for God and obeying what he says for us to do. Second, I would say, I think he encourages us to work hard and enjoy what's in front of us, right? Um, we are still commanded to work, not crazy uh, like, the, like the rat in, in that kind of rat race uh, that you saw depicted. But work isn't the issue. A lot of people today, I, I think, want to say, oh, hey, I just should not need to work. And I think Solomon would disagree. There's a, an element where he is calling us to be uh, productive. Um, but as we're doing that, we are to enjoy, I think, what's, uh, what's in front of us, right? Don't be so focused on the future that what God has for me to enjoy today, I, I can't do, do right? Um, you know, I, I know for several of you seniors here uh, in this room, there might be a case of kind of senioritis. Like, I just want to go to what's What's next, right? Group of seniors I was meeting with the other week, right? They're all like, oh, we just want to be, we're so obsessed with what's next that it, we're missing, I think, some of the, this is what God has for me today. And how do I enjoy, uh, and enjoy and still have fun with it today? And then finally, I would say Solomon would, would encourage us to remember eternity will come. Everything in this world will not be perfect, will not be right. There's not always a happy ending to the story uh, until uh, the Lord returns. Now, where do I pull, uh, pull some of this uh, from, okay? Uh, well, these are the last two verses of the book of Ecclesiastes, and Solomon writes this. The end of the matter has all has been heard. He's like, this is my summary statement. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment whether every, with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Okay? He starts off and he says, hey, these are, this is my conclusion uh, to the book, everything I've learned. And he first off and he says, hey, the first thing I've, uh, I've learned is you're never going to regret obeying the Lord. Right? Um, obeying the Lord, doing the basic commands that God has commanded me is never clickbait. It may, it may take effort, but in the long run, it will pay off. As I look back on my life, there are a lot of things that I regret, but I have never, ever regretted obeying the Lord. You know, in those decisions in my brain where I have a, I, I know there's option A and option B, and I'm like, I know there's a clear command of scripture that says I should do option A, but option B is kind of what kind of my flesh wants to do and just kind of selfishly, this is what I want to do. I have never regretted going with option A, but there has been a lot of times I regret the, the, the end result of option B. Actually, honestly, all of my biggest regrets are decisions I made where I knew I shouldn't have made that decision. I knew I was going against the clear commands of Scripture, and those are the biggest, biggest regrets I have in my life. 
And I think that first filter on, on, on our lives where we're like, is this clickbait? Is this something I should pursue or not pursue? Is this going to leave me bitter and frustrated in the end? Is to really ask, is there a clear command of Scripture that, this, that would tell me one way uh, or the other, right? You know, is it a good idea or a bad idea to cheat on the test, right? You know, like, you know the clear command of Scripture, is it a good idea or a bad idea to date that non-Christian? Is it a good idea or a bad idea to sleep with her? Is it a good idea or a bad idea to sneak out? Is it a good idea or a bad idea to throw that friend under the bus? Is it a good idea or a bad idea to be a selfish jerk? You know the answers to all of them. And I would implore you, you will never regret obeying the voice of the Lord. I have plenty of regrets in my life. Lots of things I wish I really did differently. I've never once regretted obeying the voice of the Lord. And so if you know that clear command, this is what Solomon is saying. If you know the clear command, don't be an idiot. Obey. This is the all-powerful, all-knowing God of the universe. Who's going to be smarter, me or God? It ain't going to be me. I've tried a lot of times. I thought I'm smarter a lot of times. I've always been proven wrong. Um, and this kind of goes into what he talks about in the verse 14. God will bring every deed into judgment, good or evil. And this is, goes to that point three I made about eternity, right? If all that matters in this life, or if there, all that there is in this life is just what you have in the 60, 70, 80 years you live on this earth, then yes, you should be a jerk to other people. If all there is between, if like when we die, we just go and become dirt, right? Then yes, being a jerk to other people is actually probably the best way to, do, to, to go about life. It's survival of the fittest, right? And I'm more fit than you, so I should be a jerk to you, right? That's the logical conclusion. Honestly, the logical conclusion of evolution is I should be a jerk, Okay? But if there is a God who created me, and if there is an eternity that is coming, and if God will judge all the good and the bad things that are coming, maybe I should live a different way. I mean, if there was a, um, you know, a, a bag right here on the table uh, with $50,000 in it, and you knew there would be no consequences for you to take it, you would take it, Right? It's just there. But if you're like, oh, I could, if I took that, I could face 10 years in jail and I would deal with all these issues on my conscience and all these things, you'd be like, mm, maybe, I should, maybe I should consider that. And that's, I think, his point in his conclusion, right? I want to obey because I know there's a judgment coming. All those secret things will be brought into light, right? So this passage that we just looked at, talked about number one and talked, uh, talked about number three. And uh, one other passage we're going to look at today, uh, which uh, Beth read for us earlier, is found in uh, Ecclesiastes 3. And I, I think it's part of the reason we struggle, I struggle, uh, with obeying God today, with remembering eternity. And this is concept of seasons, okay? We're in winter right now-ish. Not really that cold. I guess we had, it was really cold a couple weeks ago. Who is a big winter fan? Loves the winter, loves the winter, okay? My summer fans, okay? Okay, spring fans, autumn fans, well, fall fans, okay. We have our seasons, right? But there's this concept of seasons, right? That I, enjoy, I endure my present season knowing that it will not be permanent, right? 
What I'm dealing with today is not the permanent end state, right? I was in Haiti, uh, which Dan talked about uh, a few minutes ago. I was in Haiti. We were, it was 80 degrees that morning uh, when we left Haiti, 85. It was like 12 degrees when we landed at uh, Reagan Airport at one in the, whatever, early, too early we uh, landed, right? Um, You know, uh, yeah, I... I was like, oh, man, I had to go to this, this, and now I'm back in 10-degree weather. Ugh. Um, but it's a season, right? And, you know, I, you know, I'm complaining about it being cold when I came back. Just so you know, when it's August and it's 95 degrees out and 100% humidity, I'm going to be like, oh, it's so hot. Why can't it be cool? Anyway, we complain about our seasons a lot. Um, but his point here in Ecclesiastes 3 says, for everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted. And he's talking about this concept of seasons, right? And there's a, you know, he talks about the, the birth and death, right? There's days where a child is born and there's a celebration and you live your life and there will be an end, uh, an end to it, right? I was uh, about 20, 21 at the time. And I remember talking to my uh, grandfather's wife and uh, it was a summer right after I was graduating, around when I was graduating. And uh, I went to, like, Abby and I went to a wedding, like, every other weekend, right, for that month, right? It's everyone's getting married. And we went to, like, seven, eight weddings uh, in, in, like, a three-month period. And I was talking to, to her about, you know, man, yeah, we're going to this wedding, and this wedding, and then this wedding next weekend, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, well, better than us. Your grandfather and I, we go to a funeral every other weekend. And I was like well, wasn't expecting that comment. Um, but that's a, that's a season, right? Um, that's a reality of life. He continues, uh, just kind of explaining this reality, a time to kill and a time to heal. There are wars in this world. There's a time to break down and a time to build up, right? I got to d- deconstruct some things, build other things, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, You notice he doesn't say, hey, when you're weeping, just stop it. That's bad. Don't do it. He doesn't say mourning is of the devil. You should never mourn. You should never be sad. He says very clearly there is a time where weeping and hard emotions do come. There are challenges that we have to face and deal with in life. Hard things are a part of life. We can't avoid it. But you have to realize it's a season. I can't just spiral and say, well, this is permanent. This is a season. It's like the, that subject in school, right? You were like, oh, this is really hard. It's really hard to grasp. But if you keep in that moment, you could just say, well, I give up. I'm just never going to learn it. Or you could persevere through it. And then you're like, oh, I finally broke through. And it makes sense, Right? And he's challenging us, I think, in this. Don't give up in your present season. You know, and I don't know the exact season you're in right now, whether it's a a great season, you know, you're getting good grades, school isn't that hard, you got good friends, you made the team, you're enjoying your sports, your music, your games. That's awesome that you're having a great season right now. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong. Solomon is going to talk a lot. There's nothing wrong with enjoying the good things that God has given us. You should enjoy them. 
But don't just keep looking towards the next thing. Stay in the moment. Enjoy that good thing in that season that you're in. It's a great weather. You know, it's like when there's a great weather out there today. You don't want me trapped inside. You know, uh, what was it? Friday. Beautiful day, Friday. I was like, I am not going to sit inside all day. I don't want to go for a walk. I want to, I, like, I need to move. I need to, I want to do something outside. Great weather. Enjoy that moment uh, that is there. And I think that's part of what Solomon is, is saying uh, to us. Um, don't just be looking for the next thing. If it's a good season, enjoy that season. And if it's a hard season, though, school is hard, you're getting poor grades, you didn't make the team, you're feeling rejection, there's hard things going on at home, hard things going on with your friends, you feel alone. That pain is real. Things can be really hard. And Solomon isn't trying to minimize the pain. But I can't give up and say, well, this is just permanent. This is just the way that it is always going to be. And he gives all, that long list of a time for this and a time for that, uh, which Beth read earlier. And he, he kind of then continues with this. And he says this, what gain has the worker from all his toils? I have seen the busyness that God has given to his children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he's put eternity into man's heart, yet so he cannot find out what God has done from beginning uh, to end. Um, you know, I hope you see from this, he talks about the busyness God has given to man. He isn't just saying happiness comes from doing nothing and not having to work or uh, anything like that. Um, I mean, you all, I think, know the feeling. If Maybe you're not like me, but if you're anything like me, right, if you have spent the entire day watching movies or playing video games, really, like I know I've spent those days where I woke up at 7 a.m. and I'm just kind of playing video games all day from 7 a.m. till 10, 11 o'clock at night, and like you get to a point where you're just kind of like, blah. Like, what have I done all day, right? Ugh. And, and I think what Solomon is getting at is like, look, the problem isn't that you have to do some work, Right? You know, it's actually good for you that you do productive things. Honestly, I, I, feel, I feel a lot more joy in life when I'm doing some productive things. Not like there is a limit uh, where I'm like feeling that's too much. But there's a joy in accomplishing stuff. There's a joy in being with people that, um, that, that you care about, right? I think that's part of what Paul is excuse me, Solomon is encouraging us that we should uh, take the most of those opportunities. He's made everything beautiful in this time, even our work. Then you see he's put eternity into man's heart, right? Um, there's something I think inside each of us where we know there is something greater out there. And that's the day where things are going to be made right. It's not going to be made right. Uh, it's not always going to be made right. Everything just doesn't work out perfectly in this world if we don't include eternity. And so he says, I perceive that there's nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is a God's gift to man. You notice that they're supposed to do good as long as they live, going back to obey God's commands, right? And take pleasure uh, and enjoy the work that God has put uh, in front of me. You know, I, I think um, you guys experience this a lot on, on days like first fruits, right? 
What are you doing on first fruits? You are raking leaves. That should not be fun. But so many of you are like, hell, that's a lot of fun that day. Why? Because you have a greater purpose. You're with your friends, right? It's your attitude about it. And I think when we're the same way, when, we, when the work that God has given us today, hey, this is a blessing that God has given us to explore his creation, to learn about what he has made and seeing those things as a blessing from the Lord, right? Um, just being honest with you, um, a couple weeks ago, right after we had come back uh, from Haiti, there's, I, was just, I was just kind of frustrated with a lot of different things in life, right? Coming back from Haiti, there's just a, just a lot of hard things that are going on there. I mean, just um, quite bluntly, uh, two of Francois' nieces got murdered a few weeks ago, right? Like, that's just hard to deal with, right? I, coming back here, and there's some hard family situations that I was like, counseling people with. I'm like, oh, there's a mess. And, and I see this mess, and there's this mess, and there's this mess, and there's this mess, and there's this mess. And I'm just like, Lord, this, I'm just kind of frustrated with all these messes that are here. Right? And I just, I remember sitting two weeks ago um, in, in the main service, uh, during the 9 a.m. service, and between listening to the worship and listening to Jim's message on rest, just being reminded, okay, Lord, Lord just really challenged me. Aaron, yes, there are this mess and there's this mess and there's this mess and there's this mess around you. But I have, I have put you in a place to, to share God's hope, to share my truth, to, to share my compassion and love in the midst of that. This is the good work I have put before you today, right? And you can either grumble and complain that you have to do this work or you can see the goodness of what I am doing in the midst of that. You can either complain, woe is me, uh-huh, give a cry story. I like to cry and whine. Uh, um, you know, either I whine or mope, or you, can, or you can say, hey, these are the good things that I have for you to do today. This is an opportunity to share God's hope, to share God's truth. And, and it, uh, just, God just really challenged my perspective on things, right? I mean, the, the reality, the joy of all of it is that I, I have done a ton of stupid things in my life. We talked earlier about obeying God, and I've never regretted obeying God. I've done a lot of things that I regret, all from me disobeying God. But God loved me enough while I had done so many things to just say, God, I just, I'm doing my own thing. He loved me enough that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, into this world to live a perfect life and die on a cross for everything I had ever done wrong. While I was a sinner, he pursued me. He loved me that much. And when I put my faith in him, my sins, past, present, and future, are paid for, dealt with. I have a relationship with God now, and even better, I'm going to spend an eternity with God in heaven. Yes, a lot of things will never be right in this world. There is This world, I think, is a season, and there's a lot of challenges in it. There's a lot of joys I think God has given me, I, it's not all mo, 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 but ultimately it will be made right when I'm before God for all of eternity. And I have to remember that season. I have to remember the goodness of God demonstrated by the fact that he died for me. I'm going to spend an eternity with him. I don't know where you're at right now. Was it a good season, hard season, whatever season it is. But in that season, we can be tempted to say, hey, that's what's going to satisfy me. That's the clickbait in front of me. 
And Solomon is encouraging us. Fear God, obey his commands. He loved me enough to die for me. That's why I'm listening to him. Work hard, enjoy what's in front of me. And remember that day where I'll be uh, with him for all eternity. Worship crew, come on up here, please. Uh, we're going to close and, and sing. But I, everyone, go ahead and stand up, and I'm just going to pray for us. Lord uh, Jesus, I don't know what's on everybody's hearts, Lord. I don't know where everyone else is here in this room. But Lord, wherever they are, whatever season, good, bad, whatever it is, I pray that they would know that you love them. You care for them. You died for them. And because you are that good of a God who has given us eternal life, that today, today, Lord, we would obey your commands. We would submit to you as God. That today, today, Lord, we would enjoy the good things you have in front of us, the work and, and the fun you have before us. And Lord, we would always, always remember that we're going to spend an eternity with you, not because we've earned it, but because you died for us and we placed our faith in you. We love you, God. Thank you. In your son's name we pray. Amen.